Hello, and welcome to Dear Patriarchy Podcast. This is the Gaslit Woman's Guide to Conquering the Corporate World, where two sisters arms with fact, armed with facts and statistics, even. And we're just. So dis- arms. So arms. We like um. Shiva. Destigmatizing the plight of the working person. I'm Lisa. I'm Jennifer. Yeah. Lisa sometimes calls me Jenny. I do. I thought you liked that. Are we going back to Jennifer? I'm totally open oh. to a recategorization, a recategorization of what you want to be called. I don't know. Maybe we'll revisit, revisit this another time. I don't know why I started us down that path. But okay. We're happy to be here talking to you today. So happy. And so the past couple of weeks, I sprung on Lisa mm. last minute. The topic was, and we've kind of switched roles. So now Lisa's on tap today. I am on tap today, and I just want to talk about the toxicity of the idea of the girl boss. So some really great examples of girl boss shit is Cheryl's, I mean, like the girl boss Bible is Cheryl Sandberg's lean in. Anything by Rachel Hollis um, is is definitely girl boss peak, peak girl boss shit. Mm. So that really demeaning patronizing position that white women take when they talk to other women specifically black women and women of color and tell them to wash their face and pull themselves up and just make shit happen and hustle that fucking hustle culture and i guess i just wanted to talk about girl boss as really just being capitalism using feminine feminism as like the emperor's new clothes there have been some great Not great, but there have been some exposures of supposedly girl boss companies, corporations, whatever you want to call it, Nasty Gal, Away, The Wing, Glossier. These are all companies that were sort of lauded as having this girl boss mentality and this girl boss structure. And then they have been shown over time by their employees to be taking advantage of women, particularly black women and women of color within their organizations to not be to not be promoting the kind of balanced work life that you would expect from a company that is touting itself as feminist as girl boss and as progressive basically so i just wanted to know what you thought about that what were your takes on that well i know glossier had a spectacular fall from grace oh yeah a ton of articles about them which is very interesting mm how like it's so highly publicized when like a meteoric female run company meets a tragic end. <laughs> yeah. It's always like very sensational. Like, oh, these girl bosses didn't make it. They are out of, they're getting out of their place. We don't really do that with men as much. because uh, we'd have to we wouldn't have time to do anything else. Yeah. And also uh, we're talking about a systemic a, a systemic form of discrimination, which is what misogyny is. And because it's if it's men doing it to each other, you take away that sort of key element of systemic discrimination, which is the misogyny. Mm-hmm. They're doing it mm-hmm. to each other. They're not doing it to the disproportionately uh, disempowered, disenfranchised group, you know? I think the thing, the girl boss thing about the, the girl boss facets that bother me the most Mm. is that it doesn't take into account reality and and it uses a lot of guilt and shame Mm. and like competition but in like a dark way i think i'm a very competitive person so is lisa 
Mm. We are not competitive with each other, as as some people may believe. Um, <laughs> we <laughs> sad joke. That one was just for me. Thank you so and much. It was a buzzing. It was so good. Um, just take my word for it. It was so good. I think so. Okay. I drank the Kool Aid big time for yeah. the pasta. Oh yeah. I love to feel guilty about the things I'm not doing and I'm not accomplishing. And I love to feel really bad about myself. I'm so good at it. And in your head, Jenny, you believe that voice that tells you you could be doing more. Yes, 100%. And if there's a book that's like super popular by written by a very successful finger quotation marks woman, mm. um, Sheryl Sandberg obviously is professionally successful. Rachel Hollis, that's a whole different can of Shit. sparkly pink worms. I, but, but, I found this on the web. Oh, goodness gracious. I like it. I find things on the web okay, too, so- girl. Like everybody wants to be involved. Sent me the link for a fire bead sparkle worm. I mean, do you From need riverbump.com. it? Love it. Okay, I think that I know that in the the wash your face series or whatever. What was it? Girl, wash girl, your wash face, your girl. face. Girl, wash your face, but also, girl, you are not good enough for whatever reason. What was it called? No, it does matter. I know that there is a lot of like very unhealthy. Girl, stop apologizing. Oh, and so they're so innocuous and they seem so super helpful. And like, girl, you probably should wash your face. I'm not great about it. But I know that in Rachel Hollis's book, she talked about how she got off of antidepressants because she decided to take her health seriously, which is like so incredibly dangerous. And then very privileged dieting, but like very much. Well, but. But not just privileged, also very dangerous to tell people not to take medication, but also to like, there's already such a stigma around mental health. Like if someone has like gone out of their way to make that doctor's appointment to like get help for their mental health issues for the chemical composition of their brain and they're on medication that has been prescribed by a doctor, some little teeny bopper self-help life coach should not be telling you that the reason that you have to take antidepressants or anti-anxiety meds is because like you're not healthy enough and your mindset is not strong enough. And that's a very specific thing that Rachel Hollis does say. And when I was reading her books, I was like, oh my gosh, I can't be on these pills because I'm strong enough to do this on my own. Hmm. And I'm strong enough to like work out on my own and I'm strong enough to like, but meanwhile, these people, Goop and Sandberg and Hollis, like they've got staff. Mm. They're making this shit work with staff. When Rachel Hollis started her girl boss crime spree, (laughs) so melodramatic, (laughs) crimes against humanity, she acted like she was like very she had a very attainable sustainable life she's like i do have help but i've worked really hard and i built up my team and blah 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 blah. Mm. and she kind of like wanted and she said like a few times you know all these people saying they don't have help they do have help but she didn't really go into like the specifics of how much help she had Oh, she went into the specifics when she said about the woman who cleans her toilets. Well, but that was, that's kind of when she went off the deep end and wanted to like talk shit and say she never wanted to be, she never wanted what she had to be attainable. And that's kind of where she lost the plot. I mean, there are probably a lot of people still hanging on with her. Because she said, if my life is relatable to most people, I'm doing it wrong. Yeah. The the inherent snobbery and privilege of that and just the absolute like blindsided, you are living in an ivory tower. 
And I think when I'm saying privilege, I'm not just talking about like money. I'm not talking about, I'm like not talking about like access to healthcare. I'm talking about having like life-changing mental health issues or a life-changing physical disability, like to not have those things and reading that, like how must that make you feel? Or if you are cleaning someone's toilets, trying to get ahead. And and she's just said to you, like, I don't clean my own. T- the woman who cleans my toilets, like as if she's the low. Her. Yeah, the lowest, yeah. the lowest, the absolute dehumanization of her. She a lot of other shit in your house. She might even fucking cook for you and watch your kids. But like, because she touches your, yeah, your respect. toilet. Yeah. Like, why would you? None. So I think that there is, and, and also, you know, uh, we're going to talk about this more, I hope. Because today's going to have to be a short one because I just am kind of bookended badly. There are still... Somewhere between 1.1 and 1.8 million women in the United States alone that haven't been able to return to work because they either lost their jobs in the pandemic or were forced to leave because of the lack, because of the crumbling infrastructure that of which childcare is an important part. Yeah. Yep. 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 And then also, like with the childcare credit ending, it ended in December. So a lot of people like don't have, you know, don't have childcare options for the summer. And there's, I know that there's a, where I live, there's a, there's a lot less options for childcare this summer mm. to cover like when people need to work. And also with inflation and with the tax, with the, with the um, gas prices, like with the amount of taxes people are having to pay because of just what's going on with this, with the taxation on this fiscal year in the United States alone. Sorry, Lisa, I'm not like being as I'm just speaking from my, my own. Yeah. Okay. But that's all you can do. You know, people are in such bad shape and like this whole girl boss, like, don't stop hustling, blah, blah, blah. Like, yes, there are a lot of moms that like need to take, or not a mom, mom, not a lot of moms, but like a lot of caregivers or women that are kind of like in a place where they're stuck and they have to be super creative and how they're going to bring in money. I understand that that girl boss and like the hustle culture kind of like is attractive because it helps you get motivated. But a lot of times the guilt and the shame that are brought on by how, like, if you're not doing this, you're like, you're already behind. Yeah. Why aren't you up at five and making your overnight oats and then like Mm -hmm. living this lifestyle where like you're running around, like basically hustle culture would have you working 20 out of 24 hours because you really only need, and that was the thing that was going around. Martha Stewart only sleeps for four hours a day. Yeah. Like maybe like when she was in, in prison, she probably slept four hours a day, but that's not how she lives her life. And nobody lives their life like that. If they want on an extended long-term basis. And we, we tell women these lies that they can live like this and nobody has any responsibility to these women. You don't care about these also, women. I'm sorry. Martha Stewart only sleeping four hours a night on probably like the nicest sheets and nicest bed ever in a beautiful home doing luxurious jobs, like preparing lobster for 200, but like just having her staff do it. I'm sorry. Mm. Her workday is much different than a single mom trying to make ends meet working at wherever. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Trying to feed her kids. But those are fucking hard jobs. They're very different than an influencer or whatever, a lifestyle guru. Is that what Martha Stewart is? What is she? What what even is she? I think a lifestyle guru is probably about right. So I just think that, you know, like, let's take it with a grain of salt with this girl boss thing. Like, okay, cool. Martha Stewart only sleeps four hours, but I bet her sleep and her day is a hell of a lot different than someone that's working two, three jobs to make ends meet while trying to like figure out where to stick their kids. Or bouncing their baby on their knee while they do a call center job. 
which thankfully there's a ton of remote work that's available right now. But, you know, a lot of people are saying everyone's hiring and no one wants to work. But I also see a lot of women online in my mom's groups or my career groups. There are a lot of women that are saying they say they're saying everyone's hiring, but I'm not getting a single call back and people are getting desperate. Yeah, I think in the best of times, girl boss culture is problematic and these are not the best of times. I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. I just think like there's a reason why they, there was a trending moment of, of the phrase, uh, gaslight gatekeep girl boss. Mm -hmm. Because if you take girl boss out of its context, which is that it is an accomplice of capitalism and it's an accomplice of corporate America, it's or over the corporate workplace and and forcing women who have well forcing women and people who don't want to fit into that binary of what it is to exist in the corporate world as just one thing or the other because there's only two choices in a traditional workplace setting if you don't want to exist within those guidelines if you don't want to perform as a man like girl boss was almost this it was this morph of, okay, so we can't tell women to act like men anymore. So what can we do? We're going to use this, frankly, super fucking patronizing term, girl boss, right? Even though we're talking about women, because we don't use the, the word woman boss, because the word woman is alienating to people, because we have seen the studies, we've talked about the studies ad nauseum about how women, particularly aging women, senior women within the corporate structure are intimidating and they're unlikable. So you bring it down to this girl, she's just a girl, like it doesn't matter. But then you add on within the, within the, the view of the patriarchy, girls don't matter, right? Girls are silly. They're not intimidating. They're not there to take your job. And then you add boss on the end of it. And it's like, oh, what a fancy juxtaposition. What a, what an interesting juxtaposition of a term. Be a girl boss, honey. Be unintimidating, but at the same time, still tie into that corporate structure of what success looks like and what success look by, looks like to Nasty Gal, to Away, The Wing, Glossier, Rachel Hollis, Refinery29, Man Repeller, Who, What, Where, Vogue, Reformation, Soul Cycle. These are all people that got caught up in these in the scandal of Girl Boss of finding out they had discriminatory working practices, that they were not good places for women to work or anybody to work, mm. particularly not Black women and women of color to work. You look at these places and you realize they were only ever the emperor's new clothes. They were only ever capitalism. But waving that feminist flag so you were going, oh, well, you're saying it's about women and you're centering women. I mean, I guess you're centering women, but you're still centering women on the chopping block of like, if you don't, this will happen. If you don't, you won't achieve. If you don't wake up at five, if you don't go to sleep at midnight, if you only really need four hours to sleep, you don't really need to eat that much. Are you exercising? What's your style like? Are you a gentle parent? Like, are you a crunchy parent? Are you also working at your job every hour you possibly can? You can't win as a girl boss. The only people, there's a very select few people that win as a girl boss. They are overwhelmingly white. They're overwhelmingly cis. And they are overwhelmingly not disabled. And they are overwhelmingly touting the underlining theme of a corporate workplace, which is misogynistic and racist and systemically. And wealthy, 100%. It takes money to make money and it takes staff to be able to work like 
Like, and yeah, that is the way, right? If you don't have a wife, women, if you don't have a wife at home, and when we say wife, it's not that cis woman partner. It's a partner who disproportionately takes the tasks off of your hands, domestic and care. Yes. All of those bits. If you don't have a wife, you are not succeeding like a man. You're not like a cis man. Sorry. More particularly like a cis white man. I think that this is going to trigger some people because there are going to probably be some people listening that are like, well, I, I'm doing pretty well. Good. Cool for you. But here's the thing. Just because your life is easy or comfortable or working for you, that doesn't mean that you get to put the blinders on and forget about all of the women, all of the people around you that it's not working for. And there is nothing more privileged than ignoring the people that are suffering around you because they don't hold your same privileges. I like it. Okay. Well, thanks for listening to this short one. Yeah. So as always, follow us, like us, subscribe us. Thank you to all of the new listeners listening to our podcast. We just recorded last week was our, or the week before was our 50th episode. Yeah. And we have welcomed a whole bunch of new listeners. So thank you so much for everyone that's listening. Subscribe, rate, like us, follow us on, um, we will no longer be on Twitter. And we don't need to explain that one. No, thank um, you. We are at Dear Patriarchy Pod on Instagram and Facebook and also on TikTok as well. So if you want to send us your thoughts or a topic you'd love us, you'd like us to talk about or just a study or an article that you've seen that makes you think of us, send it to us at patriarchypod at gmail.com or DM us on any of the social media platforms that you follow us on. And as always, love light and good night. Good night, bitch.